Let's pray this morning. Oh God, glorious, victorious, kind, gracious, mighty, holy, generous, and unchanging. We gather this day as your people because in your generosity you sent us the most precious gift of heaven, your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask this morning, let him be real in this room today for us. Let him speak to our minds and to our hearts. Let him also receive our praise and our thanks. Father, be here to renew us and strengthen us. Be here to show us once again the awesome, glorious, victorious, incredible God that you are. Father, be here and be God. We ask it through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You go ahead and have a seat this morning. As called by name, takes a seat. And uh, remember, it's uh, kids' camp time too. So if you have young ones, get them there if you want to. And uh, we are uh, ending today our series on uh, nonfiction God. And uh, remember, what we've been trying to do throughout the series is to uh, to uh, look at the nature of who God uh, reveals Himself to be. Right? That from the beginning, we we had that observation that. Uh, we don't get to choose to make God into the image we want him to be, right? God is God. And it's, it's for us to just understand the revealed nature of who God is. Uh, and in the process of that, we've been trying to dispel some of the myths, some of the fictional understandings of who God is out there. So today we'll wrap it up uh, with one, one, more, uh, one more fiction hopefully being dispelled and, and uh, understanding even greater uh, the nature of God is. And as we talked this morning... Um, Boy, I want you to understand, this is like one of the most important uh, principles of understanding who God is uh, in the whole series, because it really is something that leads to our spiritual question. Now, I know some of you this morning, as we go through the message, you're going to say, okay, here we go, the money message kind of thing. And if you're visiting with us today, you know, you're probably going to say, oh, great, great time to be here. I got the money message, right? Uh, we're not going to talk about money this morning at all, really, seriously. We're not going to talk about money. What we're going to talk about uh, is a spiritual question uh, in our life. I want you to understand that it's never about money. It's always about understanding the nature of who God is. So really uh, pay attention this morning, will you? This is such a vital thing for your spiritual life. Uh, okay? Well, let's dispel some myths first. Now, as we look at the, the nature of God, a lot of people uh, see God as kind of this guy, especially around the holidays, right? Do you, Besides George C. Scott, do you know who he's portraying here? Yeah, right. If you need some help, there's a lot of them out there. That goes back to the old classic one. I think there's one even before this one, right? But that, that's, that's kind of a classic one, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's been updated even by the Muppets, right? So you know who played Scrooge in the Muppet version of Dickens' thing? Yeah, that's Michael Caine, if you don't, if you don't get it, right? Uh, and we even have uh, the Disney version, Right? Speaking to contemporary culture there, Disney understanding that nature of, of, uh, of us, if not of God, right? And then, of course, we have the contemporary uh, version, right? And, of course, Bill Murray got to play Ebenezer Scrooge, right? Well, wh what do we know about Ebenezer Scrooge? What's, what's the idea? Well, I think the idea that Scrooge teaches us, and it's the idea a lot of people have about God, is that this was someone who was always a taker, right? 
He was a taker. That he was in it for himself. He was. It was all about him. It was all about what he could get, uh, and and that he was a taker, not a giver. Right. I mean, like that's the way Scrooge started out. Right. He was always a taker. And and I think the reality is is out there in the world that that a lot of people look at God and they perceive God also uh, as a taker. It, it usually comes out something like you know you talk to them about Christ and say you know well, don't you want to just know the incredible life that 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 God can bring to you through Christ and and they have, they end up saying something like well well why would I do that? All God wants to do is take all the fun out of life because now I got to follow all these rules and regulations. We talked about that before, right? Well, what is God? God becomes a taker who takes what? Well, it takes all the fun out of life, right? I've got to give up so much. I've got to give up everything. God just takes it all away from me. Why would I want to follow a God like that who takes all the fun out of life? Or they may look at God and say, well, God is just a taker, right? He takes away my opportunity to ramp my life up and achieve and get to the top of the heap as fast as I can. Because now I've got to treat people honestly, and I've got to treat people fairly, and I've got to do my business ethically. And so God takes away the opportunity for me to amass all this great stuff if I just do it my way. You see that before? You know that God becomes a taker. Or ultimately, we experience people who look at God and say, well, obviously he's a taker because he took away from me a loved one that was important in my life. That they see God as this kind of God who's just a taker of things. Now, the reality, of course, is in the Bible that, that God is never pro- portrayed as a taker. God is always portrayed uh, as a giver. James 1 says it just kind of point blank and really clearly to us. If any of you need wisdom, you should ask God, and it will be given to you. And I highlighted for you the three uh, words there. You want to say those three words with me? God is generous. What did we just learn about God? He's generous. He's not a taker. God in his nature is a giver. That what the Bible reveals to us over and over again is that God, by God's character, by God's nature, is not that of being a taker like people portray him, but rather God is an absolute giver. It is God's nature to be generous, that it's God's desire, it's part of his character, it's who he is and who he wants to be, is to be one who is a constant, generous giver into our lives. If we look at Matthew 7, Jesus draws a distinction to try to help us understand that this speaks to the core of who God is in God's nature by drawing a parallel between us as as parents. Those of you out there that are parents can get a better understanding of this. But he says, would any of you give a hungry child a stone uh, if the child asked for some bread, or, or would you give your child a snake if the child asked for a fish? As bad as you are, you still know how to give good gifts to your children. So he's saying, look, you, you're still sinful people. You still have this tendency towards selfishness, and yet you know how to be generous to your kids or to children in need. And then he draws a parallel to say, look, if you can get that, then this, you have to understand, is the very nature and character of who God is. But your heavenly Father is even more ready to do what? Give good things. Right? What's he telling us? Look, it's God's nature to be generous. God's desire is to be overwhelmingly generous in your life. 
God wants to pour more and more and more and more and more into your life. It's his nature. It's his desire. It's who he is. It's his character. That God wants to be this kind of generous, gracious God who is always pouring more into our lives. And, it, and it's not like he just wakes up on Tuesday and says, today's my generous day. Lamentation says, the Lord can always be trusted to show mercy. How often? Each morning. You see, it's part of his character. It's not like when you go to the, go to the Metro Market or you go to the Pick and Save and, and Wednesdays is double coupon day. You know, So like Wednesdays is double generous day for God? No, I mean, God in his character is generous. It's the nature of who he is. And he wants to bring generous things into our life because that's who he is. Now, now the Bible says you can't miss this. You can't miss this nature of God. And, and all you have to do is look in one place to absolutely get it beyond a shadow of a doubt. And, and the proof of God's generosity lies in the person of Jesus, right? John 3.16, and, and uh, you know, if you watch the Packer game on uh, Thanksgiving Day, you know, probably there was some guy somewhere in the stands holding up a sign that said, uh, John 3.16, if you're not doing anything 3.15 today, there's a great game to watch. And uh, I'm sure there'll be somebody there holding up a sign saying, John 3.16, why do we hold that sign up all the time? Well, not only is it a kernel of the great proclamation of the gospel, but it always re also reveals the nature of who God is, right? If you go, God loved the people of this world so much that he did what? He gave, right? He gave. What did he give? He gave his only son so that everyone who has faith in him will have eternal life and never really, really die. What is it? The nature of God is shown to us in his action of sending us Jesus. That, that he loved us so much. And, and because his nature is to be generous, he was willing to give up the most precious piece of the kingdom of heaven for each one of us. Jesus is the incredible proof that God is not a taker. God is absolutely a giver. And, and uh, Peter would remind us the, the, the expense at which God went to, to be generous in our lives through Jesus. He says, you were rescued from the useless way of life that you learned from your ancestors, but you know that you were not rescued by such things as silver or gold that don't last forever. So he's saying, look, you weren't rescued by simply what the world holds valuable, silver or gold, which was really pretty meaningless compared to the precious gift of what he gave you in Jesus Christ. He says, you were rescued by the precious blood of Christ, the spotless and innocent lamb. How generous is God? See, God's generosity in Jesus can't be measured by human standards. It can't be, no gold would be enough, even at the price of gold today, right? No gold would be enough to measure each drop of Jesus' blood for us. There's no gold or silver that, that, that can somehow measure the forgiveness that God's generosity, the forgiveness that he brings into our lives. How do you measure the new life that you have? Because Jesus Christ died for you. It can't be measured. It can't be quantified. It can't be put on the standard of gold and silver. You see, Jesus proves to us the incredible, generous nature, uh, the incredible, generous uh, nature 
of God. And Paul, uh, in, in the book of Romans, um, wants you to understand that if, if that's the nature of God showing us in Jesus, that nature is constant and, and is in so much more of our life. He says, God did not keep back his own son, but he gave us generosity. He gave him for us. If God did this, won't he freely give us everything else? What's the question? Well, if you see that in Jesus, God is this incredibly generous, what would lead you to believe that God wouldn't be equally generous in every day of your life? That's what he's saying. Look, if, if you look at Jesus and you see how incredibly generous God is, what would lead you to believe if he would give up that precious piece of his kingdom to forgive us and renew us and give us new life, what would lead you to believe that he would stop there? If it is the nature and the character of God to be generous, then Paul wants us to understand God is generous in our life all the time. We, we just went through Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is a time where we're supposed to, you know, pause as a people and, and get together with friends and family and folks around us and just pause to look at the gifts and the generosity that we have in our life, right? Hopefully you've, you've done that over the weekend. If you haven't yet, make sure you take a time to just stop and pause. And, and you know, if we do that, if we just stop and pause, even here at Christ Church, and, and we just look at the things that have gone on in the lives of people here at Christ Church, it is amazing, isn't it, how generous God is? I mean, we've had people here at Christ Church who, who have had their hearts healed. I don't mean just emotionally healed. I mean literally healed. We've had people who've been in the hospital who've been told they need to be on the transplant list, and they aren't on that list anymore because their heart is just fine. We've had people go through organ transplants, bone marrow transplants. We've had folks go, go through, uh, you know, tests and all this stuff, and all of a sudden the cancer was there, isn't there anymore, or people who have even more gone through the cancer experience and overcome it. Can you believe how generous God is? And, and that's just physical stuff. I mean, the emotional stuff equally, the, the incredible generosity God has shown. So many of our people here were where, you know, marriages have been recovered that were, were headed in the wrong direction, where young people's lives were headed in the wrong direction, and now they're able to stand up and, and make good and right decisions. I mean, you, you look around just Christ church. I, if nothing else this morning, can you believe how awesome it is that we just sit in this room today? How generous is God? You see, that's what he wants us to get this morning. He wants to get that awareness in our lives that God in his nature is generous. That's his nature. And that that generous nature of God is a generous nature ready to be in our lives every single day. He wants to pour more and more and more and more into your life. He wants to be generous in your life. Okay, now here's the rub. You ready for the rub? The rub is we know that in everything... That as God recreates us in Christ, he wants us to become more and more like himself, right? God all through wants us to become more and more like Christ. He wants us to become more and more like himself. That also applies to this nature of God in being generous. 
God wants us to know the joy of being generous. He wants to pass into our lives this incredible opportunity of that that waking up each day with a generous attitude and being able to walk through life and experience that same kind of thrill of what it means to live a generous life. If you look at Titus, he says, He gave himself to rescue us from everything that is evil and to make our hearts pure. He wanted us to be his own people and to be eager to do right. What does he want for us? He wants us to be like him. And if we've established this morning and we've all come to this awareness that God is so awesome and God is so generous, it means the challenge for us is to become generous people, to become like God in our generosity. If you look at uh, Paul in Ephesians, he warns us about living a, a life that isn't like that, right? Without knowing the generous nature of God. He says, as a follower of the Lord... I order you to stop living like stupid, godless people. Their minds are in the dark, and they're stubborn and ignorant and have missed out on the life that comes from God. They're missing the generous nature of God, right? They no longer have feelings about what is right, and they are so greedy that they do all kinds of indecent things. What's he want us to get? You see, this is... If God is generous, this is what God wants in our life. It moves us when we receive the generous, incredible gift of Jesus Christ into our lives. It moves us to be like God and be a generous people. That's what he calls us to, is to be a generous people. If you look at the scripture, you can see how that's happened in people's lives. You remember the story of Zacchaeus, the little guy, the short man? right? story of Zacchaeus, right? Who was Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Now, remember, tax collectors in in Jesus' day were not popular. Why? Well, they weren't popular because first they worked for the Romans, and the Romans came to them and said, now listen, go out and collect our taxes, and you need to collect this much, okay? Now, anything you collect above this much, you get to keep. So what was the job of the tax collector? It was legalized extortion. What they could do is they could go out and collect as much tax as they could possibly collect. And anything they got over and above what the Romans wanted, right in their pocket. What does this mean for Zacchaeus? Can you imagine Zacchaeus whenever he went to the grocery store? You think anybody ever talked to him? How about when he checked out of the grocery store? Do you think the clerk gave him a smile? Do you think anybody ever wanted to hang out with Zacchaeus? Don't you imagine that every time Zacchaeus came in contact with anybody in the place that he lived, they just gave him a snarl and a sneer? And yet, what happens? This day comes when Jesus comes to his town, and out of generosity, he pours out generously and says, Zacchaeus, let's hang out, man. The generous nature of God goes to Zacchaeus, this one who is far away, and says, Zacchaeus, let's hang out. And he goes to Zacchaeus' house, and they have dinner together, and Zacchaeus takes Jesus in. And what happens before the whole thing is over? Right here. Later that day, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, I will give half my property to the poor, and I will now pay back four times as much to everyone I have ever cheated. Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today you and your family have been saved because you are true 
son of Abraham. What happened to Zacchaeus? He received a generous God and he became a generous person. See it? He understood the nature of the generosity of Jesus Christ in his life and it moved him to become a generous person. There's other examples of it. We can look at Matthew 26 when when Jesus is getting ready to go to Jerusalem and and this woman uh, comes into this place to the town of Bethany and he's eating with Simon and this woman emerges into the house and she takes this expensive perfume and she pours it all over Jesus and notice how the people who were there, the disciples and others saw this happen and notice what their attitude is initially. But when his disciples saw this, they became angry and they complained, why such a waste? We could have sold this perfume for a lot of money and given it to the poor. What's going on in this experience? Well, they look at it and say, wait a minute, this is worth a lot. This is worth a lot. You see, what we usually miss in this text, what we usually miss in this text is the woman. We miss the woman. Why is she doing this? This woman is apparently doing this because she has experienced the generous nature of God. Now, think about that woman. Before she walks into the room where Jesus is, she's standing at the doorway. She has the perfume in her hand. And what's going through her head? Don't you think it's possible that she could have stood there at that doorway and said, What am I doing? This is worth a lot of money. Man, I could go take this and sell it in the market and go buy a new dress. What am I doing? I could take this, go sell it in the market, and buy whatever I want to buy. This is worth a lot of money. I could hold on to this and do a lot of benefit in my life. What am I doing? What was she doing? She'd experienced the incredible, generous nature of God, and her heart was moved to become the person God wanted her to be, to be generous. It wasn't what the value of the perfume was. That was insignificant to the woman. It was about being generous in relationship to Jesus Christ. Do you see the principle? When we have a generous God, when we grab this principle that God is that generous, then it moves us, it challenges us to then become just like Him and to become generous. This is a spiritual movement. It has nothing to do with the money. It is a spiritual movement. That's why uh, when we go to uh, Malachi 3, why God puts it in that kind of spiritual question and, and he makes it a spiritual question of test for us in terms of our becoming generous people. Uh, he says in Malachi 3, I am the Lord all-powerful and I challenge you to put me to the test. So who's really being tested here? Not us. God's being tested, Right? Is the nature of God exactly what the Bible reveals to us to be true? That God is generous. That's what's being tested. Is is God really the generous God that he reveals himself to be? He says, bring the entire 10% into the storehouse so there'll be food in my house. Then I'll open the windows of heaven and flood you with blessing after blessing. And I will also stop locusts from destroying your crops and keeping your vineyards from producing. Everyone of every nation will talk about how I have blessed you and about your wonderful land, I, the Lord, our powerful, have spoken. What's the point? God is generous, and he's ready to prove to you his nature. He says, listen, let me prove it to you. And notice, 
He sets the bar really low. He really does. He sets it really low. He says, I'll prove it to you. You give a generous nature gift that honors me of just 10%. That's really low. He says, you just give away 10%. You get 90. It's a good deal. Trust me. You give away 10%. I mean, let's reflect for a minute. How much did Zacchaeus give away? Do you remember? We just talked about it. I'll give away half of all of my property, 50%. I'll give away half of all of my property and that I'll repay everybody I've cheated four times. Not a bad interest rate. How's your checkbook interest rate doing these days? You see how generous? You see how low the bar really is? You've got to grab this. It's really a low bar, 10%. It's really a low bar. There's some churches out there that they, they'll say, listen, you've got to be generous, and so just, just start giving away 3% or, or just grow to give away 5%. Forget it. This is not what the Bible says. The Bible says start at the low bar, 10%. Just start there. Test God there. Go ahead and do what the Word says. Give away 10% and see if I am not a generous God. Don't mess around with 3 and 5%. Start at 10%. Do what God wants you to do. Put Him to the test. If you believe the nature of who God is, then you'll become a generous person. You'll accept that incredible gift that you've received in Jesus Christ, and you'll be the person that God wants you to be. It's amazing in, in uh, how God works this, and this is the principle you've got to get in understanding the generous nature of God, right? Now, look at this text. Incredible principle. Each of you must make up your own mind about how much to give. But don't feel sorry that you must give and don't feel that you are forced to give. Okay, So it's not a law. We're not doing 10% because it's law. It's, it's the, what God wants in our life. It's the gift. God loves people who love to give. God can bless you with everything you need, and you'll always have more than enough to do all kinds of good things for others. Did you see the promise in verse 8? If God is a generous God, and he moves us to become generous people because of what he's done for us in Jesus Christ, he promises us that he will give us the opportunity to stay generous. Do you see that in the text? If you need it more clearly, it's in the next verses. It says, God gives seed to farmers, provides everyone with food. He will increase what you, what you have. Why? So that you can give even more to those in need. Why does he increase what we have? So we can be generous, like we're supposed to be generous, like he wants us to be generous. He's generous, so we can be generous. And as we're generous, he's more generous, and then we get more generous, and then he gets more generous. Do you see the principle? Do you see the idea? Is the nature of God is generous, and because his nature is generous, he pours generosity into us, and we can become generous, and he gives us everything we need. He asks us to give away 10%. He gives us 110%. See that in the text? He asks us to give 10. He gives us 110%, right? Why can we trust that? Why do we know all this is true? We know all this is true because of where we started this message series. Because it's the nature of God. And this nature of God, everything we've learned about God in this series, this nature of God doesn't change. It doesn't change. Descendants of Jacob, I am the Lord all-powerful, and I never change. If you become the generous person that God wants you to be, if you receive and look at how generous God is in your life, 
in the person of Jesus Christ. If you really receive the nature of the generous God that you know, this God will never change. He will never change. His generosity won't disappear. It is the nature of God to be generous. He's not human. He doesn't tell lies. He doesn't change his mind. He always keeps his promises. I put it up there twice so you can get it, right? The reality is every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father created all things, the lights in the heavens. He's always the same, and he never makes dark shadows by changing, and he wants us to be what? His own special people. If we're his people, he's generous, we're generous. I hope you receive not just the messages before, but but you receive this today to understand what an important spiritual principle this is. To understand this God who is so incredibly generous to us in Jesus Christ. And if we receive that, we can be like him and know that incredible joy of living a generous life. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We ask that you would help us to be generous. Uh, It's not easy because the world would want us to understand you as a taker and uh, our fists want to hold on to everything for ourselves. But we know your nature. And we have to just trust your promises. So lead us this morning. Lead us into this incredible truth that we can just rely on you in every circumstance, that we can look at our lives and see how incredibly generous you have already become. Father, reveal to us this truth, that our lives might be full and rich to overflowing. We ask it in Jesus' name.